Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. I am so excited for today's guest. Me too. Especially since I absolutely did not record her original interview a couple of months ago. <laughs> You'll hear, I think it was back in October, you'll hear us talk about that or like put that right out there in the beginning of the episode. But yeah, but she's, and I also feel like this convo was so great and so perfectly timed for now. It was meant to be. She, she, you know, she said that too. She's like, you know, it was meant to be to re-record just the whole thing. And it turned out great. I know. This interview was absolutely amazing. I think it yeah. was wonderful and i'm so excited for everyone to hear it but we have a couple of housekeeping things our winter book club giveaway ends tonight so if you want to win one of two copies of a book that takes its time which oh my god it is so cool it has two notebooks inside it has stickers it has tear apart cards it has it just If you love paper, which I know you do because you're listening to this show, (laughs) then you need this book. I mean, I know, like, there's tons of you who have already bought your book and you've shown us pictures in your Discord. So if you have your book, go to the Discord and show us your book. Um, Book Club is for, uh, is a a Patreon perk. So if you are not a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash craftyspmail and sign up because it is the best, absolute, wonderful way to support the show. And I think Book Club is my favorite perk. I love reading the books. And this book is amazing. So I've already opened up my first notebook of the multiple notebooks in this book. Yeah. And it's just so much fun to play with. The 30 Days book. I like that little notebook. The 30 Days each day is like a little something. But it tells you to do things. I think yeah. the one that I pulled out is the... like it's the self-care or like the one thing it's one thing at a time the Mm. one thing at a time notebook yeah so good um right and i think that it's just one of those books that is going to really help us get through this last bit of winter help us work smarter not harder and just connect with each other. Yeah. Because with a lot of our other books, it's been like, okay, you know, they've all been wonderful and creative books and they've all had great advice and we've gotten into some really good discussions. Mm-hmm. But with this one, it's so much more creative. It's so much more fun. And I think we're yeah. really going to be able to connect. Yeah. When I open it and kind of look, like, because there's a lot of articles in it from Flow Magazine. There's a lot of poems, just, like, one-page poems. It's, like, a pretty thick book, but, like, when you find the gem, like, I've been liking the poems, too. And I just feel like it's going to gear us up so well for growth and the talking of growth in season four. And I, I feel already, like, just from the titles alone, I'm like, oh, we could make a whole episode about what this article is saying. Like, I just feel like it'll be a good addition to the podcast and a good gearing us up for growth because it makes you like tune in and be aware and like I love it (laughs) I I couldn't agree more I mean I'm just so excited to dive into it with everyone so fun if you want to win a copy of the book we are giving away two books the giveaway ends tonight all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash crafty s female scroll down until you see winter book club giveaway And then you'll see directions to follow us 
on Patreon, so then you'll just get our posts. You don't have to sign up for anything. Follow us and comment on the post. And we are giving away two books. Giveaway ends tonight, so you can go do that now. Um, And what else do we have? Anything else important we need to tell our wonderful people? Just how amazing they are? Yeah, that we love them. And I'm really excited to share Gretchen, who's this interview, this episode with you. And it was a really great, insightful one. Yeah, we are so excited. Gretchen is wonderful and exciting to talk to. And this is a really good work smarter, not harder episode. So without further ado, Gretchen Klobuchar. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedell, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Gretchen. Hi. So excited for our first interview of part two of season three. Woohoo! <laughs> and we were supposed to get you to everybody much earlier than this because we actually <laughs> did an interview and you were going to be one of our first for the first part of season three. But then we messed up on our end and that happens. And technically, you're our second time we've had to re record a whole interview. So, shit happens. shit happens (laughs) and we have all evolved immensely since then and it's just going to be exactly the way it was supposed to work out yes I love that when I resent you the invite that was your reply back you're like yep I'm down and this is what it was meant to be so yay excited so everyone I have we have me and Kristen because we co-host this me and Kristen we have Gretchen Klobukar did I say that right yes Gretchen Klobuchar on the podcast today. Um, I got to know her when I enlisted her with Stephanie Fleming and all the good stuff um, for the design team for the Happy Planner back when it was called the Mambi Design Team and not the super trendy, ultra, ultra cool Happy Planner Squad. But now you're the happy on the Happy Planner Squad. Like, what is this, your third year I'm going? It's, it's my second year. Oh, so I, I like was on been... the 16. It feels like <laughs> yeah, a really long time. Yeah. I feel like a veteran, which is so strange <laughs> to say. But yeah, so I was on the 16, 17 design team. And then there was kind of that gap where they didn't officially right. have a team, but we were still creating content for them. And then been on the squad now, I guess it was May of 2018. So cool, cool. So yes, that's how we're kind of all mixed in. And what I know of you is you're a mom of two, entrepreneur, fellow wordsmith and pun appreciator. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like growing following on Instagram, super popular planner babe on there and crafty ass female if I ever saw one. So welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Did I get all that about right? Yes, yes. So um, the only thing I would add, uh, because it's my latest obsession, is the Enneagram classifications. Okay. So Ooh, what I'm, number are you? I'm a three W two, so I'm a three wing two. And when I first took the test, I was skeptical because I didn't see what it would necessarily add in terms of value to my self perception. But it's really helped me recognize my strengths and my 
potential areas for improvement and how to check myself when I'm getting into those sort of mental traps that are common for my type and the way that my brain works. So basically um, my vice is vanity and my virtue is veracity. So I kind of keep those ideas constantly in my head when I'm having moments of self-doubt or, um, or going from a place of feeling like my value is placed too much externally on what others think of me. And that's really what my journey has been about this past year and kind of what led me to my one little word of unapologetic, which I hope we'll get to talk about a little bit today. Yes, absolutely. So good. I, you people need to send me this thing. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, know, I owe you I owe you the Myers-Briggs yeah. one. Um, do you, Have you done Myers-Briggs, Gretchen? Yes. Okay. I'm ENFJ hyphen T. I was going to say, that sounds about right. I know mm-hmm. you were an E. Um, and I'm an INFJ, so that makes a lot of sense. And now you have to yes. send me the link because I have to put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. We have, so we'll <laughs> oh, do that. Yeah. We'll send you a link to that. Um, so I'm an Enneagram 1. I thought for a while I was a 4, but that's because I was in a bad place in my life. So I go from <laughs> I'm being a 1 when I'm in a good place and 4 when, you know, you shift when you're sad or in a bad place. Um, you guys sound like robots. Remember Johnny Five? Yes. <laughs> that's what you guys sound like. <laughs> yeah. That's what you guys sound like. You're like an I'm an FJ F1756. <laughs> and me who has no idea. Is. Anyway, I love it. Continue. Um, But yeah, they're so great for like being like, oh, this is the trap that I fall into. And here are ways that I can like figure out how not to do that next time. And what it sounds a lot like there's feedback in a way. Like you just said, my virtue is this, my this is that. Like you, you can use the information kind of and in a way that they – that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And the more popularity that this is kind of snowballing at this point, the more resources there are. So there's um, – lots of different accounts on Instagram that will do things and they kind of, they go down the fun route too. So they'll take like the, this is us cast and classify what they think everyone is. Mm. Um, and I just want to say, they said Jack was a two wing three and that's what my husband is. So <laughs> if that's not winning, yeah. I don't know what is. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to have to, uh, what do you call that? Like rig it so that that's my compatible compatibility mm-hmm. and <laughs> erica canant is a two wing three so mm-hmm. keep in good company yeah. yes it's a good place to be cool so i'm a complimentary one to that cool. which is cool. So. cool yeah we'll have to we'll have to type you amanda please i have a lot of time on my hands when i'm not <laughs> teaching when i'm not a teacher tornado i'm ready to take these tests <laughs> they're really fun, fun. Yeah. yeah awesome so kind of going from there so now so you know I don't want to segue just into one of our questions I kind of want to so now you know you said your one little word was unapologetic we did interview you at the end of September so how in the past four months I guess would you say like what was what's been the biggest shift um the biggest shift has been thinking about how my identity and my sense of self was so wrapped up in achievement and mistaking what I do for who I am and having to kind of do the work of 
untethering those two senses of self. And in that process, I've realized that I have internalized a lot of expectations from family members, from friends, from social media, and just all these different senses of who I'm supposed to be, like who I should be versus who I really am. And kind of building my armor around not falling into the should trap. Um, and that kind of, the Enneagram test has sort of helped me unpack that even further. But I would just get so wrapped up, especially in my social media identity, um, in feeling like, okay, I've got to create valuable content. I've got to be a good example and just really feeling driven by how other people were perceiving me and projecting my own priorities on other people and then getting really frustrated when I felt that their behavior didn't match that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really exhausting both for myself and it made it a lot harder to have um, a realistic perception of others. So really trying to, in the last several months, you know, since September on, it's been about embracing the flaws of myself, embracing the flaws of others, uh, recognizing that we are all trying to do the best that we can and that we're all trying to kind of deal with that cognitive dissonance of who we want to be and who we are and what we want to do and what we're actually doing and how all these little moving parts come together to form our our identity not only in our sense of self but what we try to put out there um, another big realization I had over the last several months is that one of the things about me is what you see on plan for tomorrow is what you see in real life. If you meet me in person, the last thing I would want anyone to say is, oh my gosh, you're so different than I thought you would be because of who I've seen online or who I've seen on social media. And I know not everybody else is like that. And I've had to kind of accept that that is part of the process, right. you know, and um, that took a lot of maturity and that was not something that I ever thought was a struggle point for me, but I've had to really come face to face with that. And it has brought me so much growth and I am so grateful for that. Um, and it was definitely an unexpected side effect to this whole grief induced evolution mm -hmm. that I've been going through as well. Um, and you know, people love performers when they're performing. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it goes away, that love doesn't last. Um, and I never felt like I was performing, but I do feel like I was putting out um, a very real sense of me, but not always sharing all of the the rough parts. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to make a more concerted effort to say like, yes, I'm grieving. Yes, I'm dealing with this sense of self. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to build this business um, based on a health journey. And yes, I'm making all these choices and I'm insecure in the process, but I'm also more sure of myself than I ever have been, which yeah. is such a weird duality to yeah. call out, but it's, it's kind of invigorating. Yeah, I there are so many things we can unpack from what you just said, but I love, I feel like I've been on a similar kind of track, right? And I, I think it all stems from like 
Because I think social media does complicate that, right? There's there's a, a level of control in it. There's so so you feel like you can kind of puppeteer what you want it to be until it takes some real life major blow or thing to make you realize what you were doing with it. So I feel like there's a lot of back and forth. It kind of complicates things because you can put all a lot of your energy into it and make it what you want until something happens that then all the puppeteering of it kind of crumbles down so I totally get what you're saying like that was that's been something for me and then like but with you still you're still kind of involved as a brand ambassador in the needing to promote like I feel for me once I left that profession of having to be on every day and push 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 and and share 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 that my gut reaction was like, just take a break from this. And I could because I didn't have to do it anymore. But it's also mm-hmm. kind of tricky when you do have to do it. But I like, I just like your presence in general. And to that point, the to bring kind of the brand ambassador piece into mm-hmm. it, you know, the Happy Planner has built its entire identity on happiness and happiness being a choice and positivity being a conscious choice and I feel like I still have that and I still represent that it's just become a lot more nuanced and I appreciate that the brand is also starting to kind of shift to that a little bit but I reached a point after losing my mom and in the last several months where I felt like positivity doesn't always mean bright florals, yellow, and vibrant, hyper-saturated color, it can be recognizing that you've got to step back in order to, um, for your own mental health or for your own struggles, and that it's more like a constant undercurrent. So whereas in the happy planner world, it's this big umbrella that kind of covers everything with joy for me in in the way that I represent myself and the way that I operate now it's this undercurrent that feeds into everything that I do so it's sort of shifted and what I'm sharing and right exactly yeah I feel like that's that's a point that is missed a lot is that people think the outward outpouring showy like you're saying vibrancy is what the happiness equates to, but a much more personal, quiet, only known by you and it kind of relationship to me is the more important one. You're the only person that can figure out what makes you happy. And like, yes, stickers make us happy. Like stickers yeah, they do. really make us happy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's something really, really awesome about taking that sticker off the sticker pad and putting it on paper like there's just something really great about that there's something that like innately makes us like spark joy Mm -hmm. but that's not the only way to happiness I really loved your happy planner umbrella metaphor but you know sometimes you really just need to go stand out in the rain Mm -hmm. and you're the only person that's going to know whether or not you need to stand out in the rain and and until you look inside and say hey what's going to make 
me happy today? What's going to make me happy in this moment? You're not going to know. And I think that's so different for everyone. And to my point earlier about kind of recognizing that everybody has different priorities, not only in their lives, but even just on the basic level, like why are they on Instagram? Why are they sharing their creative life, whether it's planners or scrapbooking or stamping or any of those sort of paper crafting avenues. You know, the reason why I got on there and created Plan for Tomorrow back in the summer of 2016, you know, we had just moved to Memphis and Hunter was eight weeks old. I had no sense of identity really outside of being a stay-at-home mom, and I was deeply craving connection. And continuously, that's the one thing that has not changed, is I want connection through the planner community. To me, it planners are just the way that we get connected, and then we have much deeper soul-satisfying conversations. And I know that not everybody else is there for that reason. Some people have different kind of senses of why they're there. And it's taken me a while to say, you know what, if that pursuit makes you happy, who am I to tell you that's not right or that's not how I would do it? Um, And I'm so grateful that even though that realization kind of came across and happened in a really messy way that, um, you know, creativity is messy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, that creative self journey has been kind of the same way. So yes, um, in the most basic sense. And I think what's beautiful about this process is like, I do get so much satisfaction of just placing that first sticker down on the page. And there's something so pure, like you said, Kristen, it just sparks joy in and of itself. But then that that connection for me is what really has kept me going and kept me so happy and, and joyful and engaged in the planner community. Totally, totally. And I love to like, your plan for tomorrow with the row being like, explain that a little bit and then I'll get to my question. <laughs> yeah. So um, plan for tomorrow with the EAUX uh, came out of my Louisiana heritage. So if you have ever watched LSU play um, or if you've ever seen um, any sort of French Cajun spellings, <clears throat> it's always the EAUX. And I was trying to find like a fun handle. And that was the one that came to me. And really, it was all built on this principle of like, you know, don't get your mind too much into the now, because I have a lot of um, analysis paralysis where I won't start things or the idea of all the work I have to do or possibly failing like completely turns me off from starting. And so plan for tomorrow is kind of about capturing that, like what can you do today to help your future self, whether it's helping yourself tomorrow, helping yourself two years from now um, and just kind of the transparency in that and just representing and trying to be a voice for all the other moms out there who have all the trappings and guilt that comes along with that identity. Yeah, I love that. I love it. It's so fun. And so I like it. It's like your thing and then you apply it to other things and it's lighthearted. I think it's like the perfect way to use Instagram. And then on that note, like, I just love, I think you do a really good job of like using Instagram and your kind of platform as an ambassador for the happy planner to like 
for example, your hashtag planner props. Like I love that you start that and that, that you started that and you do it weekly, right? You do it every week and you just allow the time for, again, all these connections you are making as a member of the Happy Planner Squad and highlighting and spending time to highlight others. So, I mean, like that's, I love that. I love that you do that. Uh, and then it lets other people, kind of what we do with the podcast, like we want to share these great women that we know with you. Like, so I appreciate that. I think that's awesome. And for me, that's kind of been my way to keep alive um, some of the things that I miss about like the old school planner days mm-hmm. when, you know, getting regrammed was just like life changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And, laughs> um, so that's, I kind of keep that spirit alive, but definitely one of the other tenets of what I'm constantly trying to do is empower other women whose voices may be a little bit quieter than others because, um, hi, I'm Gretchen and I've never had a problem being loud and (laughs) sharing my opinion. Um, but I know that there are other women who are kind of coming into the planner community and are intimidated by, you know, gosh, I don't even know how many sticker books there are right now, not to mention other accessories and other planner companies. And it's just so much. So I want to show love to those who are doing really fun, cool, creative things with the happy planner products. Um, and I love doing that weekly. It's like, it's so fun to, to scroll through my feed and save the posts later, knowing that I'm going to shut them out for Friday. That's so fun. That's fun. So, so social media wise, so like you also do on your plan for tomorrow account, like now this wellness piece. And I do like that. Like, so how do you kind of balance or go back and forth between like what you share as an ambassador for the planner and the planner community and what you kind of want to share for you? So I've been actively trying to interweave those a little bit better because it feels not that I've ever felt inauthentic on my account, but it feels more authentic to show, you know, not just here's my pretty planner, which in and of itself is a beautiful thing and fun to share, but here's how I'm using my planner to actually achieve these goals that I have in mind. So I'll use one example that isn't part of the wellness journey. So Well, I guess it kind of (laughs) is. So my coaching business has given me that extra little income to pay off my student loans early. So I was able to go back to a planner page that I created actually my first year on the design team and just get the satisfaction of checking off that box, pay off your student loans. Um, And so kind of trying to share that vision board and how that all came together um, and showing how the planner isn't just a place for you to have this creative outlet. You can actually use it towards things that are affecting your daily life and affecting your, um, your satisfaction with it. And then with the wellness piece, um, in my Healthy Hero Planner, I have started tracking my moods a lot more, which has made me a bit more cautious about sharing that on my feed. Um, but I do enjoy sharing all the steps that I'm taking towards what is the right wellness journey for me and offering women the opportunity to join me if it's right for them. But I know that with all the different verbiage and all the different pushes around wellness and fitness and mental health and how all those pieces fit together, there are so many options. And I I want to be one, but I also don't want to be the person who's telling you what you need to do for yourself. So I want to be there if you're ready, but I'm not going to 
push forward my um, my one type because it's not a one size fits all thing. Um, some people aren't going to be motivated by working out at home. Um, they're gonna they know themselves and they know I'm. It's going to be so much easier for me to skip if I'm not standing in a room with a bunch of people, and they may not be at a point where that's a focus for them. And I think that's one of the downsides is I don't want people to think that they have to have that as a goal. I just want them to know that if it is their goal, I'm here to support them in any way that I can. Um, And it's been really rewarding to have people say that, oh my gosh, you know, watching your workout Instagram um, stories that just got me to get up and do a walk today, or um, I renewed my gym membership, or in some cases, I quit my gym membership because I was paying way too much, and I started working out from home like you, so uh, that's been really, really rewarding, and I definitely want to continue to trend toward uh, more active help, because I know that it's fun to be a brand ambassador and say, this is how you can use these stickers and make these fun little creative things. But I've found it to be so much more rewarding for myself and my journey to, to actually feel like I'm actively helping others toward a specific goal, be it financial, be it um, better kind of balancing. Oh God, balance is such a dirty word as a mom, (laughs) but better balancing the mom work life, um, all those pieces. And that's been that's been a really fun way to kind of evolve the plan for tomorrow lifestyle. <laughs> I love that. Great answer. Great answer. And I feel, I feel like, like Allie Edwards, we mention her all the time. I feel like she's the unofficial, like friend mascot. of the podcast. Allie yeah. Edwards. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I think, she, I mean, she's a creator of product, right? So like even she, if she chose to do this, make it all about that. But she also interweaves very nicely real life with this is also my job and my product and I do want it to sell, but I can't leave out the life piece and I can't leave out like the part that I'm a human using this stuff and that I know Mm -hmm. humans will be buying this stuff. So it's like, I I just think it's a smarter, not harder way to ambassador, I guess. And, you know, a lot of people feel maybe threatened at the idea of showing some of the messy or showing some of the real if they're ambassadoring. But I think for the most part... Well, and I think it comes down to that that same thing that we're all so afraid of is, well, we're going to show messy parts of our lives and lose followers. And yeah, we are. Because we're not for everyone. And sometimes it it even goes further and it's you're not just losing followers, you're losing friends, like people you've made real connections with and they're turned off by the way that you're changing or they're turned off by what you're choosing to represent or the voice that you're trying to be for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. But I'll be the first to admit, you know, um, when because shame cannot win when you expose it Mm -hmm. when you talk about it it's gone it disappears it just absolutely evaporates when you call it out so if I'm being honest about like yeah you know what I really got caught in the consumerism of the planner lifestyle or yeah I've really gotten caught in um thinking that I'm only as valuable as the content that I'm creating for my Instagram or I'm um the way that I do things is the best and anyone who isn't empowering women or isn't doing XYZ just 
isn't as genuine or authentic and that's just not true um and so that's kind of, I know I keep coming to that, but it was such a critical realization for me that I hope anyone else out there listening and wondering the same thing, it will bring you so much more joy and <laughs> give you so much of your energy back if you recognize that you are so much more than what you do and the check boxes that you have at the end of the day. Yeah. That's such a big like adult realization because especially yeah. like for us former perfectionist straight a high school college achievers type a <laughs> yes. yeah like if you're not getting an a in your class what are you doing like mm-hmm. and like you go to a job and you're doing your best work and then now you're working from home what are you like literally what are you doing if you're not working all the time if you're not putting out a blog post every day if you're not putting out two instagrams if you're not literally spending you know every single second working putting the work about, in yeah right, what, like what <laughs> who are you and, and why is this dream even worth it right you yeah. that's 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 so toxic yeah and it's so gendered too it's so gendered it's so freaking gendered. <laughs> and honestly, one of the books that I read last fall, um, How to Get Shit Done, um, I forget the subtitle. I think, I don't know if I have it on my bedside table. I might be able to dig it up later. But um, it's all about that myth of women being able to do it all, being able to be this like fantastic uh professional career woman who feeds her kids organic shit and um like has this incredible sex life Mm -hmm. and all these other things that's like oh oh and by the way um don't forget to not be too strong because then you're a bitch right and don't be too weak because then you're a feeble woman who's not advancing the feminism agenda right so it's like damned if you do damned if you don't and so releasing those societal pressures again totally still struggling with it still a recovering perfectionist but um that idea more than anything else led me to the one little word of unapologetic for this year absolutely i love that word and to your point before too like i think a lot of what you were saying about acknowledging that the way you do things maybe isn't the way other people do and you know it's kind of like a message of like you do you I do me and I think mm-hmm. for the podcast too like I've been I've been feeling a lot like sometimes we come across with like our topics or our message that like we're trying to say it's the only way to do it but I think the end of every sentence is for me and for us and for you know I feel like that's mm-hmm. a given too the only way to do it is the way that's right for you right and then when mm-hmm. something works for you, you so badly want to say, but this is working for me, guys. And if you just <laughs> knew how much this was working, like, I think there's like a, a good intention behind it, but it can come across as like, if you don't do this the way that I do, then there's some, you're not getting it. Oh yeah. No, I'm totally that right now with the instant <laughs> pot. I am, I am constantly <laughs> pushing the instant pot on everyone. Yeah, but I'm just imagining the Tina Fey uh, gif from, or gif from uh, Mean Girls of, I'm a pusher, Katie, I'm a pusher. <laughs> I wish I saw that but movie. I need to see pot. that I'm movie. so pushing the instant pot on everyone. <laughs> I know, because it's because I, okay, t- it's literally because I feel really stupid for not buying one sooner. But that's how you feel about so many life things. 
Yeah, I, I guess I feel like I need to get one too because some of my favorite ladies in the world are like legit instant pot masters. And I cook every, I, like, <laughs> cooking is my thing. Like, I don't talk about it on Instagram. I don't, like, it's, it's, okay, confession. Like, I'm sorry that I'm stealing your thunder, Gretchen. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. This is a group, a group conversation. <laughs> we need to make a montage at our, at our 100th episode, Mark. We need to make a montage of Kristen going confession and then the next five minutes of what she says. And it'll just be like a whole episode. It's the best. Go ahead. The confession episode. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Confession. I'm like really good at cooking. You are. Like, I like really, really, really good at it. And I don't share it with anyone because I think it's like bragging and I don't like to do it own it project yes see this is like I'm I'm so guilty of that too Kristen like self-policing because I don't want to be perceived as yeah all those things like anytime I share like recipe like I don't do recipes because I just make them up in my head and so when people ask for recipes I'm like well I don't measure sorry <laughs> just like literally google it because that's what I'm gonna do to find you a recipe so like I didn't buy an instant pot because I just like most of the instant pot recipes are just like, You're like I can't stuff sell out with an instant pot. <laughs> right, exactly. Like literally, that's literally how I felt. Yeah, I know. But like, guys, it's a pressure cooker that doesn't explode. I wish someone told me that. Like, I mean, I can make, we made stuffed peppers last night in like 10 minutes. I make brown rice in 20 minutes. I made bolognese sauce. It was literally the most delicious bolognese sauce I've had. Like, so I went to a restaurant in Portland or in Portland, Maine, with my best friend. We went on like a little girls' trip, like right after I graduated college. The the bolognese sauce at this restaurant was so good that like, it was lasagna with bolognese. I was literally licking the pasta because I was so <laughs> full that I couldn't eat any more pasta, but I could not like. So I was just licking the sheets of pasta. I've been trying to remake this bolognese sauce for literally eight years. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The, the Instant Pot let me master this bolognese sauce. Wow. So I've been literally pushing the Instant Pot on everyone. But I mean, when people It's also one pot that- cooking. You can saute in the bottom of the Instant Pot. You can, <laughs> And then you just literally put the thing on. It's a printer not, cooker. Crafty as female, not sponsored by the Instant Pot. I was about to say, Instant Pot, if you're listening, I'll yeah. let your girls for and a Kristen, sponsorship. Kristen hasn't... <laughs> seen this is us she knows what's happened but there's it's a source instapot is a source subject for us this is well us. right no you get rid of your crock pot i got yeah. rid of, i put away my crock pot i got rid of my crock pot i, put, I got rid of my instant my rice cooker because now i just need the instant pot and you can take the insert out and clean it but the point is you pushing the instapot or us pushing anything that's working for us in any matter we're hoping is received by the receiver of that information as, oh, for her. So maybe not for me. Like, we don't say for me, for me, for me, for me. Like, the first rule of writing when you're in grammar school is, like, you don't have to say, I think, blah, blah, blah. Just say what you think right. because, you know. I so I always, my I always think that, like, I hope the given disclaimer is <laughs> this is a podcast and this is coming from our story. So if it doesn't work for you, right. like, that's okay, too. Anyway, so, yes, I, I totally, when you were talking about that before, Gretchen, like, I get it. Like, you would hope that people would understand that much of it if you're excited about something, you know? Yeah. Um, Can I use the Instant Pot now as a metaphor? Because, you know, me and my metaphors and my brain. So, like, (laughs) if you were to take the Instant Pot situation and, like, apply it to the planner world or even just kind of the 
You know, I hesitate to say that because when I say planner world, what I really mean is planner Instagram world, Mm. because there's a planner world that exists outside of Instagram. Like, so let's just have that caveat out there. Um, There's people who, like Kristen, are saying, oh my gosh, I love my Instant Pot. Like, I was able to replicate this delicious sauce. It saved me so much time. Like, I really think you should get it. And then there's people who are like, hey, girl, just made dinner in my Instant Pot. Swipe up for the affiliate link. And then there's people who are like, oh, I got this Instant Pot for Christmas, and I'm terrified of it, and I don't know what to do, and it makes me so anxious. If you have an Instant Pot, please message me with your, like, how you got over your fear of like making your house explode or burning food. Um, And like, I think it's great that, and I hope that to your point, Amanda, too, that like everybody who's on those different paths and using Instagram for different reasons, that they're all like recognizing that there's an instant pot out there for everyone. And there's also, it's totally cool to say that the instant pot is not for you. Yes. Yes. Right. Or that you want takeout. Like, or you literally, like, <laughs> yes. I'm going to get pizza. Like, I live in an apartment. Like, I have 15 roommates, and none of them clean up. So, like, we all live different lives. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, like, if you still want to listen to this show and listen to me, like, talk about Instant Pots or, like, scroll on Instagram and look at all the planners, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to come into your space and send you a message like, I don't think you should be talking about Instant Pots. That's not appropriate. You have a planner Instagram. <laughs> and if you're not showing me pictures of your planner, then why are you talking about an Instant Pot? So, you know, like this whole, because I've, I've had people come into my space, like, especially recently, who are kind of like, why are all of you sudden sharing this? <laughs> or why, um, why are you making a bigger deal? And like, having these meta discussions about planner trends. I'm like, cause it makes me happy. Yeah, this is <laughs> and my you space. should do what makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully there's not too many of those that you guys have run into, but that's, that's a thing that happens yeah. on Instagram too that you have to watch out for. This whole conversation makes me just think about like kind of how I'm feeling from you. Like you're factoring in this you're, you're factoring and focusing in and unapologetic about your mental health evolution and your emo- emotional health revolution. And is that kind of something that stemmed from like that grief journey you were on last year? You feel like, so I kind of was wondering a little bit about how that's all kind of swirled into this whole thing. Uh, yes, uh, it definitely losing my, so my grandma died on May 8th of last year and then my mom passed on June 13th and those were the two greatest forces in my life not to mention the two women who more than anyone else in my identity shaping had the greatest effect on me and so I really felt lost um, and just frustrated at how unfair it was that at my age I had to go live the rest of my life without my mom and how often I would turn to her for, um, you know, just venting or getting her advice or seeking her just love and support. And the downside to that, of course, is that I'm never going to be able to seek that information and love again in the same way you know I, I I know that I can feel her in my head and in my voice and whether you 
subscribe to the faith-based reasons for that or if you just feel like when you know someone well enough they're just in your head and your heart forever um i feel like i can hear what she would be telling me to to do and I've tried to follow and listen to that but in the process I've also developed my own voice in a way that I hadn't mm. had it not been for her loss so I miss her every day um I don't think that's ever going to change you just kind of learn to work around it and one of the constant reminders of that is my identity as a mom myself so thinking about um the legacy and the voice that i'm placing in my children's head and knowing how special they both were to her um and constantly trying to share her memory and say um i like i always ask my daughter did you have a dream about nona because that's what she used to call her um and still talking about Nona, there's a song that we sing to the kids um, that I made up in like a d sleep deprived stupor <laughs> when Nora was really, really young. That's um, Guess Who Loves You. And I still say Nona loves you mm -hmm. in the song um, because I want her to understand that love and that kind of family connection doesn't, it, it can never be severed by death. Um, and that I want, you know, I know there's going to be a day, I hope it's a really long way away from now, but I know there's going to be a day that I'm not around and she's talking to her children, hopefully, and um, thinking about me and what I, the skill sets that I gave her and how I taught her to be confident in herself. And um, so I was really, it was kind of trial by fire, like I was forced to really listen to my own thoughts and make decisions without bouncing ideas off of 10 different people. And I've learned that there's a lot of strength and satisfaction in that. Even if it means that if it doesn't work out, it's only on you. Mm -hmm. You can't be like, oh, well, I talked to so-and-so and they said I should do mm -hmm. this and now I'm mad at them. <laughs> you know, that, that again kind of goes back to that recognizing that other people don't, I can't give other people control over my happiness or my life. Um, so all of those have been the blessings I never would have imagined would have come out of such a gut-wrenching, atrocious experience. Yeah, it's like a forcing awake. Mm -hmm. I, I've, yeah. yeah, I feel that with a lot of things from last year too, but I couldn't imagine like the two women that were your women, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I get that forcing awake, though, that forcing awake where you had no other choice but to dive deep and, and, and build that skill set. And then you have, like, a little one relying on you. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, I just it's it, hard. it was so hard to just keep getting through the daily functions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have kind of my own support system in place and um, have kind of tried a lot of different ways of – writing about and dealing with my grief um, and I don't want to say that my wellness journey has been the fix for that but it has helped me feel like I have more control over mm -hmm. things and um, you know one of my friends made the joke like you took the weight of grief and started doing bicep curls <laughs> with it <laughs> yeah. and I was like yeah actually that's pretty true yeah. um, and that's been again the for me caveat like yeah. that's worked for me yeah. and but at the same time on the flip side recognizing that bravery and vulnerability 
has been it's those journeys have been their own kind of strength too um and you don't see that as easily as you see like muscle development or speed or weight loss or any of those other things um but they they have emerged from the wellness journey and the grief journey as well um so it's it's all just been a weird crazy ride but i looking back on it i wouldn't change it of course i would give anything to have my mom and my grandma here again but for what has come from it it's been it's been a big big much needed step that i didn't even know i didn't even know i had that strength in me i didn't even know i needed to come face to face with all these things until that yeah i find that i'm better with my physical health when i'm in pain like there's a a way like me going back to the gym like i'm better in the gym when there's pain attached to the energy that i need to get out like if i need i'm better at the gym in pain than i am happy i tend to be lighter and whatever when i'm but when i feel guttural pain it's better for me to same to have it come out physically and then i think too like you know my part of my journey last year was to to touch upon that codependency piece when you really do realize that so much of what you rely on is in another person and then being forced or needing to turn inward and to yourself and your capabilities and your strength and I heard somewhere on a podcast this week like you don't get courage without rage like mm-hmm. literally on the page <laughs> courage courage but I I feel that I feel like there's a bit of like why do I have to be so brave right now (laughs) like you know what I mean (laughs) there's there's a little bit of that but yeah I think it's all ends up working for good if you allow it to I think there could be some destructive paths that you could take and anger is one of those stages of grief Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh stages of grief what a stupid mind frame like it's not stages because like the misperception there is that like get okay it. guess yeah. I'm done with the anger phase like let's move sure. on and um it's so not like that it is so cyclical and you can be like deeply embedded into one of the identified phases and then or stages and just get absolutely like like a bungee cord just pulls you back into one of the other ones. Um, and it is so unpredictable, which as a type A control freak, I find mm. incredibly infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> but um, again, that's kind of all part of the process, yeah. you know? A lot of times when I hear people say, oh, you know, I'm better, but I'm better. And I, I almost want to say, but wait for it. Like, you know, like you right? almost know, like, you know, and Kristen said that to me too, because when we had that conversation, she's like, but it was going to happen. She's like, you're not just going to smooth over and, ooh, I'm past this phase. Like you're saying, like, she's like, it could be a puppy video. It could be something else. That's like you're saying in a bungee cord. I love that metaphor. That's exactly what it feels like. You're just springed back into what you thought you processed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like there's times where you could just be literally crossing the street. And by the time you get to the other side of the street, you are hysterically in tears Mm -hmm. or just literally screaming and throwing things and it's like oh okay well I guess we're doing this now yeah I had that trigger because you know there's been a little bit with the is it 
Marie Kondo? Who's the yeah. tidying up girl? Okay. We're doing a lot of um, Marie Kondo in the second <laughs> Yes. That's been like a really active thing um, in life and on Instagram lately. And one of the big hurdles that I recently overcame was um, being the really tactile and visual memory type of person that I am, I remembered the sweater that I was wearing when my mom was, um, when I got the call from my stepdad that they found something on my mom's lungs and they were pretty sure it was cancer. Uh, and at that point they didn't even know what it was. So her kidney cancer had actually metastasized so dramatically that it was kind of disguising itself as lung cancer. And I had not been able to wear that sweater since that day. I could not detach the meaning of what happened in that sweater from that sweater. Mm -hmm. um, and I finally said, you know, I may not be able to sit down right now and go through my whole closet, but I can take this sweater out and I can say goodbye sweater, goodbye horrible memory. Um, I will I will always have that in my brain, but I do not need to look at that sweater every single day. I know I'm never gonna be able to wear it the same way. I know I'm never gonna be able to get past that. So let it go out into the world and you know be something else for someone else <laughs> that's amazing that's like that's so grown up it's so self-aware it's so emotionally aware and it's just so damn adult inspiring I was not ready dude <laughs> not ready for all of this adulting yeah. like <laughs> we never are we never are yeah, we never are. Never. So before you said, too, that, like, through the grief you were writing, was there any other piece or even now how your craft or crafting kind of helps you through stuff? Um, I think just having having just notebook paper to just jot down ideas and thoughts and moods has really helped me. Um, I actually did a little bit of haiku writing from your haiku project. Um, Amanda, it was very, um, very helpful for me. So when I had kind of started doing the, so my mom's maiden name was Avery. So I did hashtag Bonnie bravery with Avery capitalized word puns. Um, and that was kind of one of the ways that I was dealing with that. Um, and just saying, okay, I know this is, these things are on my heart. And when I feel compelled to share, I will, um, and kind of leaning into that when it felt right. And when it didn't, um, and saying like, Hey, honestly, it's been one of the big catalysts for, you know, you can create things and not share them. It is possible sure. to, to just do that for you and just be in the depths of what it feels like to make and write those things and not feel compelled to put it all out there. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're any less like authentic or any less real or any less um, sharing with your people. Mm -hmm. It just means that you've got, you've got that figured out. Yeah. Being social media coordinator for such a long time, like it started to become what my how my brain would work and then like it's still tr I'm st like right away and the latest and what's coming up and like constantly every day like pushing something but then when I was out of it like even still now I feel myself and I go you know I like that I can separate a story with time especially like I like to memory keep in the moment but I like to share after it's been processed for a long time and mm -hmm. I think that's the for me 
that's the best way that I've been able to share because I feel like I haven't even talked about my haikus from last year, but this year will be a good time to talk about what that was. Like, I don't know, but I, I that's a very underrated part of sharing on social media, but I think that's just another way, another option. The term that I'm about to use is going to sound pejorative, but I really mean it in a way that I've kind of had to create this framework for myself. So I had to stop feeling like I had to keep up with the planner peacocks. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I didn't have to be all about the show and the beauty and the gorgeous, gorgeous planner spreads that a lot of the Instagram planner world is, is pushing out there. And I did that for so long and that made me happy for a really long time, but that's not really my main source of happiness anymore in the planner world. And I appreciate that I've been able to evolve that way. And I want to call out that and name that kind of phenomenon, not because I think that there's anything wrong with it. I just think it's a very specific style and I don't want and a very specific lifestyle. Lifestyle, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this like admiration driven, look at my beautiful feathers. I'm here. I'm part of this like herd mentality. And um, also my feathers get ruffled easily. <laughs> um, it just, I don't want the planner community to come to a point where that's all we see. You know, we want that diverse different perspective and I want the planner peacock world to be able to like keep doing their thing and be happy and like rock their style and I want the the ladies and even the gentlemen now who aren't part of that that phenomenon to to still feel like they have a place in the planner community I love that I think that's essential yeah when, mm-hmm. when because I was, go ahead Kristen the planner community can't possibly sustain itself on people who spend $30 a week on planner pages. Or do 30 planner pages a week. <laughs> yeah. I, there was, there was a frequency or part spend of 30 hours yes. on planner pages a week. Like that's, <laughs> I, I, yeah. and, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. But everyone can't do that. And I, so, yeah. like, if you are a person who wants to be a part of a planner community and you feel like, oh, I can't put my stuff on Instagram because I don't meet this criteria, it's dangerous. That's okay. Yeah. There's room for you. Mm-hmm. As Gretchen social- is making room for you. Yeah. As a social media coordinator, I heard that on the back end a lot. Like, even from the set of girls that were chosen, like, they were all, you already the chosen few, but they were like, are you sure you want me to be chosen? Like, I don't have these peacock <laughs> yeah. Like, it was every day. Like, one of them was coming to me going, I'm really anxious that I'm not keeping up this frequency slash this show slash, like, so it was a common issue. <laughs> so, and I'm sure it and still, it still is. is. Yeah, right. I think it's been, like, I think it's honestly been really amplified. And it's driven by the fact that there are so many products and, I'm so glad that people are starting, people other than me are really putting out a voice there saying like, okay, just because all this product is being made, it's being made so that it can apply to a lot of people. Mm. It's not being made so that one person can like got to catch them all Pokemon the shit out of planner supplies. Like it's, it's about 
giving everybody a little something and the way that the in the purest sense the way the squad is supposed to be and the way design team was supposed to be was to have people from different walks of life sharing their different styles and being kind of like a micro um cosm of the greater community at large yeah and i feel like not only is the product being the thing that people are trying for in order to not feel that right not feel like oh my god i'm not peacocking but it's also because the peacockers seeming to be the ones that have been chosen whether it be yeah. you know what i mean so it's but it's be, you know me and kristen have had this conversation before about design teams and what they really mean and blah blah, blah. but it's the desire to feel chosen and they think yeah. that that equates to chosen so then there's all this anxiety over how how will someone recognize how good i am like i you know, I didn't have that necessarily for the planner community, but I had that for a long time on being somebody in this crafting industry I love so much. And it wasn't only until I was like, let that rope go, like, and just fall back, <laughs> yeah. you know, out of the plane um, that I really like for me that that really was a better release. But anyway, I think it's also, we talked about a little bit with Nita that it's also when you say empowered women, empower women, it should be empowered women, empower all women, not just the ones on brand, not just the ones peacocking, not just the ones, you know, so, but that's a whole nother episode. Okay. So Gretchen, for season three, we have been asking everybody, what do you want more of in your life and what do you want less of in your life? I want less keeping up and more stepping up oh I love it Ooh. I really love it unapologetic on god I can't say that word unapologetically unapologetically supercalifragilisticexpialidology yeah. <laughs> I love it it's fantastic love it. great how do you work smarter not harder in going with our theme for the season I think a lot of it has come from recognizing what I actually want to put my time toward and what I feel like I should be putting my time toward. Now, in the most basic kind of sense, of course, like I'm still going to work and of course I'm still being a mom and all those other duties that I'm very happy to fulfill. But when it comes to the things that are adding value back to my life, just recognizing that I shouldn't feel compelled to do something because I feel like Instagram or society or other women in my life are making me feel like that's what I should be spending my time on. So releasing that was key. And then the kind of revolutionary work style that's helped me work smarter and not harder is this notion of power pockets. So instead of thinking like, okay, I'm going to sit down at my desk and for three hours I'm going to write a blog post or I'm going to edit YouTube videos or whatever your task of choice is feeling like I can say you know what I don't have three hours because I'm a modern woman and I have all these other duties um, but I do have 15 minutes where I can go on Instagram and like a couple pictures and comment um, I do have 20 minutes where I can sit and read this book chapter or chapters and and make that little time so instead of thinking about starting and finishing a task all in one fell swoop, breaking it up into time pockets that work for my busy schedule. So that's helped me a lot and it's helped me map out my 
work tasks a lot more efficiently than I had about a year ago. How many power pockets throughout the day do you usually have or does it vary? It varies. Usually I'm doing them. Um, I'm finding some way to be efficient, but still safe, of course, during my commute mm -hmm. time. Because right now um, we live about 40 to 45 minutes away from where we work. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of time in the car in the morning and the afternoon. So like one thing that um, my husband Adam and I do is we carpool now. So we get grown up no kid time after we drop them off and we have like 45 minutes in the morning and 45 minutes in the afternoon where we just get to talk, which has been so, so helpful because there's things you can't say or don't want to say in front of the kids um, and not bad things, just like word choice, for example, <laughs> being able to curse without censoring yourself. Um, and just, you know, if we're talking about other things that we don't want them to worry about or stress about, um, that's been helpful. So those are like, two big ones and then at work you know pulling away from my lunch break instead of sitting there and like eating in front of my computer and keeping on doing things like stepping away and reading while I'm eating my lunch or going off campus for my lunch um, and then catching up on uh, emails for my coaching business and finding the time to uh, reach out to people who have expressed interest in my program um, that's been really helpful too. I love it. And it's all you centered stuff or like relationship centered stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that makes all the difference too. When it isn't necessarily like, how can I take the most advantage to promote my business? But if that's for you, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, right. I'm just saying <laughs> it's like really helpful that it's like centering you stuff, I guess, because that would be helpful to me right now that I, I feel like I could do that. I love it. I love it. Okay. We're going to wrap up with our currently list from Kristen's currently card that we're going to just verbally do on the podcast. And you can find those at areyoukristen.com slash currently, right? Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's do it. So Gretchen, what are you currently watching? So much Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. <laughs> yes. The kids, the kids get the remote, uh, access um in the evenings so good parent move Paw Patrol. Yeah. I've seen so much. <laughs> yeah kids do that on loop i can name a few things that like i just on loop anyway yeah love it what are you currently reading i'm reading girl wash your face and i know i'm like so behind because that was like the hot book of last year but uh it's mainly in anticipation of girl stop apologizing which is coming out in march which is obviously just going to feed perfectly yeah. into hashtag unapologetic by so. the same author same author yeah rachel hollis okay cool possible book club book maybe maybe oh. we just picked our one for the winter the rest of the winter but yeah it took us a while to get there but girl, yeah. wash your face. That's not the first time a person's mentioned that on the currently, I think. It is anyway, not. awesome. Good. Um, what are you currently listening to? My intuition. Nice. What are you currently making? Memories, which I think is very different from the impulse to document mm -hmm. memories. Very true. What are you currently feeling? Grateful. What are you currently planning? How to 
better meal prep in an efficient way. <laughs> Get an instant pot. <laughs> Get an instant pot. Yes. <laughs> That's a good plan. I am also still trying to master that, but I'm looking very much forward to the teacher's summer off to really yeah. hone in on that. <laughs> Maybe with the instant pot. What are you currently loving, lastly? I am really loving the fact that I stopped fighting my one little word and just embraced it because it, it, you know, we're only a little ways into the year and I feel like it's helped me so much. That whole metaphor of when you come to a fork in the road, your one little word tells you which way to go. Yes. That has helped me guide my behavior in really helpful ways without being hurtful or dismissive to others. Unapologetic has really shifted that mindset for me. Cheers. Love it. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could literally talk to you for like hours. You're such a good conversationalist. Oh, thank you. I bet you I'm that compatible test number. You think you're a two? You think you'd be a three W2? Three W2? Something compatible because I could literally talk to you all day. We're like the yin yang to Mm -hmm. each other. All right, should we head over to After Chatter? I think we should absolutely absolutely head over to After (laughs) Chatter. Thank you again, ladies, for listening to an amazing show. Thank you, Gretchen, for being on an amazing show. This has been awesome. Crafty-ass females, if you feel that you have gotten a dollar's worth of value out of the show, head over to Patreon and subscribe and help us make this show amazing, like all of our other awesome supporters who make this show possible, and help Amanda and I fund this show and make it amazing. We love you. We think that you are the best audience in the world, which you know you are already. And crafty-ass females make the world go round. So we will catch you next week with another amazing lady, just like Gretchen, but totally unique because all of our crafty-ass females are totally unique and make us the best community in the world. So thank you again for an amazing episode, and we will see you all next week. But you should also go to After Chatter because we're going to have an amazing conversation. So head over to Crafty... Oh, yeah, totally, right? Um, So uh, head over to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale and uh, listen to us talk again and watch us talk again. You can see my... What I think is an insanely messy room. But And me and Gretchen's gym hair. And uh, we'll have a great time. We love you and we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.